Good morning, listening world. I would like to welcome you back to Realistic Leadership by George McGee, where our purpose is to consult, educate, motivate, and inspire leaders from all spectrums, from executives to senior managers, to church leaders, to mid-level managers, to frontline managers. We're here for all of you. So as I said last week, today we're going to tackle a very, very big subject. Um, and this topic, um, to be perfectly honest, there's there there's going to be some things that some of you may not like. But these things are factual and these things um, just have to be said and coached too. Um, so what am I talking about? I'm talking about corporate diversity and how to fix it. Um, Like I said before, this is going to be a multiple episode series that we embark on. And I guarantee you, it will be uh, worth the listen. So let's jump right into it. If you uh, look up the definition of corporate diversity, uh, if you put it in a search engine, On the internet, it would say an organization that intentionally employs individuals with a range of characteristics such as gender, race, age, religion, sexual orientation, disability, and other attributes. That, in a sense, is the what of corporate diversity. Um, Why is it important? If the company you own, represent, manage, uh, does not have a diverse staff in key positions, to be quite honest, it's going to fail sooner rather than later. Why will it fail? Um, Because your business, store, office, department um, is not capable of meeting the needs of its clients long term. It is not able to serve Uh, the community uh, that it serves, which is the world. It has been proven that lack of diversity, uh, you typically see a higher number, and these are documented statistics, you see a higher number of underproduction, higher loss of profitability, percentage of unattended shifts are higher, higher turnover percentages, more lawsuits, lower employee morale and typically have a greater chance of unionization now don't get me wrong um, i have no issue with unions okay at the same time i do know several fortune 500 companies that are not pro-union um so uh, as i said earlier um, about key positions why do i put an emphasis on this Uh, I put an emphasis on this due to the fact that these are positions of influence, whether they be uh, senior level, executive level, mid-level, frontline level. I'm talking about management. This is important due to the business decisions that are made at these levels, whether it be hiring decisions, uh, coaching, uh, disciplinary actions, terminations, promotions, um, decisions on uh, compensation, things of that nature. Very important. 
Um, if again, you cannot make long lasting, consistent business decisions that represent the community you serve, which is the world, if you're not diverse in these key positions. So now that you've heard the what and the why, let's kind of jump in. Let's go ahead and jump in to the how. How do we fix it? Um, the first thing you're going to need, you're going to need an executive team and a senior leadership team that is willing to commit long term to consistent and actionable steps that will lead to long term results. Now, one of these leaders needs to be heading your human resources department. I'm going to say that one more time. One of these leaders should be leading and or heading your human resources department. And we're going to get into why here in a second. This leader must know where and how to recruit diverse talent and how to retain diverse talent. Believe it or not, and I'll talk about this in a different episode, human resources departments can cost a Fortune 500 company hundreds of millions of dollars and even into the billions of dollars due to the loss of talent, loss of diverse talent, um, and some other factors. Recruitment and filtering of these candidates and the interview processes should typically and do reflect who you are trying to hire. These processes are typically some indicators of what's happening. So whomever is heading your HR department needs to manage this as I call managing by fire, managing it like a fire. Um, It needs to have very, very, very close attention on these processes. Now, going into our next area, uh, recruitment. So you're going to see a lot of Fortune 500 companies, and I've seen a lot of Fortune 500 companies that are recruit from Ivy League schools, PWIs, or larger institutions of higher learning instead of HBCUs, community colleges, or smaller schools that directly affect the community they serve. I can tell you from experience, the multiple Fortune 500 companies I've worked for in the past did very little to nothing for recruiting in this area. This is huge. This is a big step. Not only uh, you should recruit from these areas, some of the best talent comes from these schools. Give you an ex- another example. Uh, in the community where I lived, we had the second largest community college in the country with multiple award-winning programs, two HBCUs, and a liberal arts college within 45 minutes. And the companies, sadly enough, did little to nothing as far as recruitment. There were no tables set up in the union halls. There were no conversations with instructors or leadership of those institutions to recruit from them. Yet and still, 
there were there was a a very predominant PWI that was within the same range that uh, the company I worked for, unfortunately, fortunately and unfortunately, uh, sent recruiters to that institution routinely. This has to stop. You have to be able to recruit. You have to recruit from the community that you serve. It will affect your bottom line. I guarantee it. So before we move on, um, I wanted to give just a couple of statistics, statistics, um, since we're talking about uh, higher education. Um, And these are documented statistics from the year 2020. Um, And currently, as of right now, the most educated group in America is African-American women by far, followed by Asian American women. As a matter of fact, women currently count for 57% of the college degrees that are earned today. Yet women are less than 25% of the leadership positions in Fortune 500 companies. African Americans only hold 3% of senior leadership or executive positions in Fortune 500 companies and hold 0.08% of CEO positions in Fortune 500 companies. Now look, I'm not against Fortune 500 companies at all. I say these statistics and these things that I've witnessed is because there has to be some actionable change and I'm here for it. And I'm here to tell you how to make it. Senior leadership must, must, must manage a diverse recruitment plan very, very closely. Again, especially if you decide to keep your human resources staff. Let's move on to the uh, hiring processes and filtering of candidates. Um, Filtering of candidates, this process typically cuts out a lot of diverse candidates and leadership must monitor this process, these processes even more closely than recruitment. For example, I have witnessed firsthand, I have been in the room where multiple Fortune 500 companies I've worked for deleted or passed on leadership candidates' resumes due to the pronunciation or spelling of their names, due to them being a woman, or even if they received an education from an HBCU, a university from another country, or any non-PWI or non large institution or smaller institution even though the candidate exceeded qualifications of the position that they were applying for i'm going to be honest this the filtering process of candidates literally is probably the biggest biggest rock that executive leadership and senior leadership 
and ownership has to pick up and move. Because to be quite honest, these actions are unacceptable and it is affecting your bottom line into, if you're at a Fortune 500 company, it is affecting your bottom line into the hundreds of millions and maybe into the billions. And this is happening, believe it or not, every day in every human resources department, all over, in some form or fashion. But the good news is, you can fix it. So right now, I think this is a good stopping point for us for part one of corporate diversity and how to fix it. Um, in part two, we're going to talk about a little bit more about um, best hiring practices and what to avoid, like a couple of the ones that we spoke about, we just spoke about. And uh, we're going to start the conversation on retaining and managing this diverse staff. On behalf of the realistic leadership staff and team, we would like to thank you for tuning in and we will talk soon.